This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This is Joy 94.9's Family Matters podcast, your light-hearted look at parenthood and rainbow families, sponsored by Berry Street. Did you know that Berry Street seeks members of our LGBTI communities to become foster carers? Not only do they have a proud tradition of training and embracing LGBTIQ carers, they officially support marriage equality. Learn more now at berrystreet.org.au, a proud Joy sponsor for over five years. The kids are all right. As for our presenters, um, Family Matters, Joy 94.9. So, Gina, we have been sitting tight. Yeah, we have. Sorry, we've been <laughs> having great conversations. <laughs> Waiting actually. to introduce our guest for tonight, who is Grace Lee. And Grace Lee is a counsellor and psychotherapist working at Equinox Trans Health Clinic in Fitzroy and at Drummond Street Services in Carlton. Grace is also a committee member at Transgender Victoria. She was the president of TGV a few years back, I believe. (laughs) Um, And Grace specialises in supporting trans, gender diverse, non-binary and sexually diverse individuals and couples, providing a safe, compassionate and non-judgmental environment to work through identity issues, anxiety and depression. Welcome to Joy, Grace. Welcome, Grace. Well, it's great to be here. Thank yeah, you for that, Grace, Steph. I can see that you have been cruising the web and Googling me, I think. You've done your little. research. <laughs> um, I know great. you are no stranger to Joy. You've been in here before. So. That's right. I love being here. Yeah, it's so my favourite place. Can I say? Favorite. Best microphone manners. I usually have oh. to train people. Grace, you're oh, across it. I've got a sort of, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm holding myself very still, right? My eyes move. You that's can. the only thing. And my jaw. Um, Grace, you also have a Master's of Counselling and Psychotherapy. Yeah. And I'd like to ask you a little bit about your thesis because mm. your thesis titled Coming Out of the Closet, Stresses and Coping Mechanisms Associated with Coming Out as Transgender in Adulthood has a few terms that I'm really interested in knowing about. First of all, coming out. Do trans people also come out? Yes, they do. And I think that was an appropriate sort of language. I mean, the the, the idea that that for many trans people and the people that I was sort of studying um, had had a history, you know, where they'd grown up and they had kept their trans identity secret for a long time they didn't even know what it was and they didn't have a language for it um, and then maybe they started to sort of understand it and explore it but it took um, for some possibly decades of their lives before they got to a point where they were prepared and in, in some way to reveal that identity to others and I think that is very much a coming out experience for them and for their families in the community and it is something that should be celebrated because mm-hmm. in many cases it can be something that's quite brave, it's quite um, anxiety provoking but ultimately seems to be the best thing for those people to do and actually by and large they're pretty happy once they've done it. Mm. Grace, did you choose this thesis topic because it was relevant to you personally? Yeah, I think um, everyone I think that I was working with and studying with, um, we all chose thesis topics that had some, some something real bearing on our own lives. And, and yeah, for me it was... Um, you know, I had had this experience and I thought, well, well, what was it like for everyone else? Yeah. You know, am I, am I 
you know, average or different. And, and it would be interesting, I think, to get more information just so that other people who have this experience and I think, you know, would, would, would feel more confident about coming out themselves. Grace, for our audience that are getting to know you maybe for the first time mm. today, could you possibly tell us when, what, at what age you came out, you transitioned? Um, okay, well, it's, um, I don't think there's a single answer to that. <laughs> There's like, when did you first tell anybody exactly. about... Exactly. And that's um, why I like the word coming out, out. Yeah, because yeah. we come out to ourselves so and I've, when we really come out to yeah. ourselves so and then the external right. world. That's right. So there's, there's the first trying to, trying to figure it out and perhaps, yeah. again, trying to finding that language. So probably kind of found that language and, and some understanding of something when I was in my 20s. Yeah. So I'm not telling you how long ago, but that was decades <laughs> ago. Um, I then told a partner and I was probably, yeah, I was in my yeah, 30s, early 30s before I could tell a partner, like this is what going on for me and that sort of stayed very much that was sort of a very small closet <laughs> not yeah. many people in that and even at the age of in your 30s did you even have the language that we're using now to be able no. to define that because when no. i came at it as a teenager i didn't i certainly no. didn't have the language to define well, myself and we didn't really have any sort of role models there wasn't yeah. anything to point to yeah with the exception of a few very sort of high profile individuals who were in those days you know were like christine yorkson who would have been promoted as like you know one of the first transsexual women and was you know a sort of media sort of star for a while and and was kind of yeah the gi turned supermodel and that that, that was a sort of the only sort of people around who, you know, and, and that was sort of, you know, was yeah, big stuff in the mm. newspapers sort of thing. Mm. But that wasn't really kind of like real life either. So no, so you didn't know. identify with No, her. not in that way. But I think, you know, it sort of, it, it kind of rang a bell. There was something about people like her, people like April Ashley and so on, where you start thinking, oh, yeah, you know, there is some possible connection here. Yeah. So do you think that coming out later in life, uh, your experience and the experience from the um, people that you, you mm. were part of your research project, do you think it was easier for them or harder? Oh, look. Um, there's I, I a whole thesis hard. on that, yeah, isn't look, there? It's, <laughs> it's, it's hard. I, I think the simple answer, it's always going to be quite hard. We're um, actually... We're going to pick at that. And what I'm going to mm. do, I'm going to get these sponsorship, um, you know, announcements out of the way so we can okay. actually pick that apart because I want to know down. more. Yeah, I want to know more about, <laughs> especially the, the people that were part of this thesis because yeah. there were eight of them. You are listening to Family Matters here on Joy 94.9. If you'd like to join in on the conversation we're having with the lovely Grace Lee, please message in on 0427 Joy 949 or email us on air at joy.org.au. Just before the break, I was talking to Grace and, and asking her a little bit about coming out um, later in life and whether, in fact, it was easier. And, and, of course, Grace told me there's no easy in coming out. <laughs> really for anybody. Well, there isn't. Um, but I think you can, I could add, though, that I suppose that for, for many of those people, they've come out in, in, you know, in the last decade or two, and there's been a lot more information available since really the advent of the internet, of course, then, you know, people have made contact around the world and they've, they've been able to read and hear about other people's stories. Um, there is so much stuff on YouTube now, for example, where trans people talk about their experiences and they're coming out. So... Yeah, I think it's getting easier, Steph, I think in some respects, but it's still a very difficult um, undertaking to reveal something about yourself where within your family context you may feel quite ashamed. 
So yeah. it's a hard one. Well, before the show, Gina and I were talking about the year, I think it was 2015, that we yeah. felt was the year of mainstream trans awareness mm. um, with, I think it was um, Transparent, won an Emmy that, that year. Yeah, but they won an Emmy Orange that year. Orange is New Black with Laverne Cox. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn. Yep. Her story for me was probably one of the better bit of mainstream and I'm glad it did start getting mainstream because mm. that also got picked up for an Emmy nomination for a web series. Oh, so that's okay. with Jen Richards and oh, I forget the other mm. actress's name but yeah, yeah there was look, a I broader discussion of older and when we say older we're seeing a lot we're more sp- aren't we? We're seeing a yeah. lot more stories and, and a bit more variety although still in some respects though we're still kind of seeing the, the richer more yeah. privileged examples yeah, yeah. of people who are transgender yeah. um, and we you know and, and so that that's not the situation for most people most people who are trans um, don't have huge incomes can't even afford adequate health care um, in many cases and certainly can't afford the sort of health care that they might need to have an effective transition if that's what they want yeah. to do so I think you know it's in, important to bear that in mind that we have mm. some lovely glowing examples of some very great successful stories but that's not necessarily how it is for everyone. I did wonder whether that sort of heightened awareness had made things better for the trans community or had changed anything for the trans community. Does I mean, it, I know it's only been two uh, years, but I, I I wonder what sort of impact that yeah. would have had on... Mm. We, are, we are a very diverse community. Yeah. So there are a huge range of opinions that people have different political views, they have different views about you know, their morality and ethics and everything else. So I see people who on the... You know, I'll see people who think um, some, you know role models are absolutely fantastic and they're wonderful and I'll see other people who think they're, you know, the devil incarnate. So mm. it's it's kind of difficult to say, you know, this is a good example. I don't think we can pick an individual and mm. say somebody is, oh, this is the, they're, a, they're, a, they're the example of how to be trans. Mm. I mean, that's not the case. So we, we must always sort of look back and think we're all individuals and what we're doing here is we're talking about having the freedom to express yourself as you really are not as a copy of someone else or not as what society is saying to you and that that could be one of the i think the problems that we do face is that some of the prime examples of you know and caitlin jenner would be one of them is okay well to be a trans woman you've got to be have surgery you've got to have surgery you've got to have the right body shape you've got to have long blonde hair or whatever and you've got to have a certain look and those are the same kind of standards that are applied to cisgender women and that's how they're supposed to look and i'm not sure that we all agree that that is the way it should be no no i thought I know we were talking about the TV show Transparent um, earlier as well and I know when I was coming out I needed shows Mm. to, one, give me the language for myself. Um, Roseanne in 1994 Mm. allowed me to go, oh, my God, that's what I am, a lesbian and a butch Mm. lesbian. It it gave me language but it also gave the mainstream audience and the mainstream community language to help identify me. I know with some of the shows and and television for for the community, it's not. I'm not its audience anymore. It mm. it's almost talking to a more mainstream audience and helping them find empathy and to see me in an empathetic light. With something like trans, um, transparent, <laughs> transparent. Yeah, it is such a dysfunctional family. Mm. And I th- um, <laughs> absolutely, but I think we all identify with yeah. that. Mm. 
Yeah, no, that's that's the first element of empathy. That oh goodness, like that family is just as bad as that's mine. Messed up right? as the rest <laughs> of us. Yeah. So that's it. And I think the the beauty of that show is that it puts it into a it puts it in the context of a family, and that's yeah. really actually where, for most of us, that's where we kind of want to exist. That's our safe yeah. harbour. Yeah, and it and it's a kind of and it's a family show. So yeah. you know, your your kids watch it, your mum watches it, or whatever. Oh God, so, I hope my mum doesn't watch that show. Some of the scenes are just and it starts yeah. a conversation. And, yeah. and yes, it gives other people a language. I think. Yeah. So it it can only actually, I believe, be helpful. But always, you know, putting putting into the you know the caveat: this is TV, mm. this is entertainment. It's not portraying the real world, and it's, it's not portraying all of us. Yeah. It's but it's providing a kind of an insight to some of the aspects and some of these sort of the challenges that people may face. Can I ask just quickly before we we touch on the the thesis work? But do you think even just this mainstream representation makes it? For people that have not come out, who have, have not been comfortable to come out, you know, in their 20s, in their 30s, 40s even, is this making this easier for them to see themselves somewhere and go, mm. yeah, maybe? Look, I think so. I yeah. think so because, you know, it, it's like people are talking this is an award-winning show yeah right and it's not an award-winning show where people are all sort of sitting around laughing at it at the, the characters in terms of their their internal shame and everything mm. else it's actually kind of start of celebrating diversity and saying look you know we this this can become mainstream yeah this can well mainstream it's been hugely popular hasn't yeah, it i mean yeah, that's, that's the first thing and it pushes so. the boundaries and it and it sets up characters in a very unlikable light which is new for television anyway which is a as a filmmaker i enjoy just that mm. just it's, it's the way it breaks down story but coming back to to the thesis and coming back yeah. to that work that you've done when we're talking about older people what is the age gap that we're actually talking about when we say uh, older here? well the people i was looking at were sort of 40 years and older 40 so, years and older yeah. so, yeah. so yeah. they were generally um people who most of them had had been in relationships some were married some had children um, and some had lived pretty much their whole life. So, like, the oldest one at the time of the study was in their 70s, although wow. they'd come out earlier than that. But So what sort of criteria did you use to choose your, your group? And why eight? Um, okay, well, part of the sort of protocol that I was using was I was going to interview everybody. So it was a qualitative study, and right. I wanted to interview them, and I would plan to interview them for about an hour. And I had to, you know, tape record everything, and I then I was going to have to type it all up. So <laughs> I wasn't going to do more than eight. And I, I know the, the sort of the, the theory is that six is an ideal sort of number or minimum number and eight's probably really good mm. so i wanted and and i got eight volunteers so and i actually went to um and i was at that time i was a member of of seahorse victoria i was going to ask where did you find organization yeah. well if you want to find trans people that's where you go because that's in that's victoria that's where they've been since 1976 wow. you know this is the organization though you know the the support organization where actually so many people have come out that's that's been for the last 40 years for many trans people that's where they go and that's the first time they go anywhere like in public wow. openly trans so it's a fantastic organization in terms tell of tell me a little bit support. about sea seahorse is it a walk-in 
facility or I mean do you need to make an appointment you know if you, you're they've got a, trans a they've got a website they've got a phone number you phone right. them up and talk to somebody yeah. there and they'll kind of quickly kind of you know suss you out on the phone and they yeah. might give you some advice and then they'll tell you where they meet because everyone actually knows where they meet but it's kind of <laughs> it's the best, worst kept secret in Melbourne <laughs> so they do meet um, once a month on a on a Saturday night and they also go out to a cafe in um, uh, up the road here Fitzroy or, or Collingwood and um uh, but the Saturday night meetings are private, so you know everyone who goes there, they know who they are. There's nobody, there's no radicals invited, yeah. sort of no. thing. Yeah. And Grace, and are they go, well attended? You know, like yes. how many people would you get on a Saturday? Um, well, I haven't been recently, but I think you know there'd be forty people. Wow, fantastic. that is fantastic. Yeah. I remember and they spend a few hours yeah. talking, having yeah. a chat, having yeah. a drink, and it's safe. It's a safe space. Partners can come along if they have partners, and, and so it's on. fairly unstructured. Yeah. Or is there? Well, in the days that I was or? there, there was a bit of an agenda. There'd be a bit of a talk or something. Right. Usually, like getting somebody to come along. You might get somebody like, uh, like almost like Michelle Telfer or someone yeah. to come along, and give a presentation, talk about yeah. WPATH, or or you'd get one of the psychiatrists, yeah, you know, from the gender centre, or we'd get somebody to come in and talk about makeup. And or clothing and all sorts of you know other stuff or horse is there racing, an age group there's attracted to is there seahorse yeah look it tends to be um, older group? slightly older probably yeah. thirty upwards yeah. but mm. in Melbourne there's another group called Y Gender mm-hmm. which is for youth up Younger. to the age of twenty five and yeah. they probably you know the the the, the top age there's a bit fuzzy so. But for people from sort of sixteen upwards or whatever, that's that's they go to Y gender, and possibly other people and older people will go to Seahorse. So you've mentioned the um, the eight people in in your study yeah. and and the the variety of ages. So the eldest was was that seventy? No, well in, in their seventies. Yeah, their 70s. actually at the time of the study. Yeah. When you were speaking to them, were there any kind of common themes or mm. patterns you were starting yeah. to see about their story and, and their journey? Yeah, for most people. They, they were aware that there was something different, you know, they were, there was something different about them and they were aware of that very often from the age of four or five. So this was something, and it, it may well have been, for example, they actually cross-dressed at the age of four. They wanted to put on, you know, they, whether it was like a kinder and they were doing the dress-ups and they would go and get the ballet costume. Yeah. You know? And you were doing um, male to female and female to male? I was only looking at male to female, right, so okay. these are trans women, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so they knew from that yeah, age. Most of them did. Wow. And then they went into a sort of hiding because it was disapproved. You got disapproval from your peers, you got disapproval from teachers and often from family. Mm-hmm. They would be terrified. Everyone was terrified. They often their mum might have known or found out. Yeah. And the first thing they would in those situations say was, Well, don't tell dad. Oh, okay. Right. Fear. Which in some cases might have been justified because they sometimes they had yeah. they were quite authoritarian fathers so um and then sort of what what we sort of saw was perhaps during teen years and often afterwards people became actually kind of masculine they did men's sports you know hyper masculine yeah and the number of people that did uh, martial arts (laughs) it's like and fighting (laughs) and boxing you know like they really was was this for themselves or was it to to tell that to an external i think it was for both i think it was like um do something really masculine, yeah. like maybe this is kind of taking the cure and it stops me thinking about wow. all that girl stuff. And it's a release too of all yeah. those endorphins. And, and you know, kind of socialising yeah. and just trying to be one of the boys. So that that was 
pretty common behaviour. And then what we found is that actually people, most of them got involved in, in relationships, some of them got married, and, but then they, were, they kept a secret sort of side to their life. They, many of them had, um, had clothes that they would wear when there was no one else in the house. Including part, like the part, would partner, the partner not know no, as well? No, okay. not to begin with, not for most of them. Well. They came out to their, so that would be the first person they'd come they'd out and be their partner. Too. But it's great, you know, everyone hides their secret stash of clothes in the garage, you know, in their shed <laughs> or even in the roof space. I mean, you know, it's wow. very sort of like, you know, sophisticated sometimes as to where they hide it. And they keep that stuff hidden for a long time. Um, and then maybe they decide at some point to come out. And that's, for most people, um, that was kind of a fairly planned thing. So maybe they, they come out to their partner first and then it's like, how do they come out to the rest of the family progressively? I want to know more about this. You are listening okay. to Family Matters here on Joy 94.9. The kids are all right. As for our presenters, um, Family Matters, Joy 94.9. You are listening to Joy 94.9's Family Matters, your family show, your light-hearted family show here at Joy. We like to bring the kids in, we like to bring the adults in, we like to bring the fun in and the silly in, don't we, Steph? We do. We do. We try to. We have been been a little bit serious tonight, though. Oh, nothing wrong with that. Sometimes we can be a little bit serious. We can lighten it up. We can lighten it up a little bit. But if you would like to join the conversation we are having here with Grace Lee, please message in on oh four two seven Joy nine four nine. We have had a a long message um, from Joy member Ruth, um, who we might touch on that later because I think it kind of touches on the uh, episode we had earlier with Stand Up Straight, where one of my mates Claire was in talking about putting up yes post in very vanilla suburbs. Um, But just before we went to those community service announcements, Grace, we were kind of talking about some of the the commonalities, some of the sort of trends and themes you were seeing with the um, eight people you were interviewing. And that, that, you know, later in life, when they get to the point of sort of wanting to come out, they very often will will come out to their partners first off. Grace, Um, is there usually an incident or a moment or a discovery? Um, does someone go up into the attic and find the bag of clothes? I mean, what, yes, what is the, not. What is the moment where, happened, got caught, no. where okay. people decide to, to, to come out? You know, what, what, what is it? Okay, it's got something to do, I think. You know, it is a conscious decision, but for many people it's they're quite driven. So in other words, this secrecy, this hiding and this leading of a double life um, becomes actually intolerable, yeah. mm. right? So they, in some cases, they even said, to me, you know, like you're living a lie. You're lying to people because you're going like, where are you going on Saturday night? Oh, I'm just going out with the boys down the pub. And actually, no, they're putting on a, you know, a ball gown and, yeah. and going off somewhere else. So they, you know, they, they, they you know, it's, it's deception. And, and yeah. uh, most of us don't like being deceptive. And then mm. this hiding of ourselves when we already know that there is a community that actually we feel we do belong to. Yeah. And you know what? Those people are lovely and just like everyone else. They're diverse. They're different. And as I said, you know, there's a whole range of like attitudes and opinions they're just and a cross-section is, of society and this is trying to remember as well that some of some of the people you were interviewing and i and i'm thinking to the to the eldest of the group mm. they were coming out at a time where there was no social media there was no facebook right. there was mm. no 
you know. There was very little in the way of support. That's right. So, I mean, that's why I think a lot of people just stay in that closet because they don't know where else to go. But once they can find some outlets and once they can find some other people that they actually have a shared experience, that also kind of, well, that normalises you and it validates your your identity because it's like I'm not a complete weirdo, (laughs) which is what I thought I was and probably most people did. Um, And so you start to become more confident and then it becomes, well, why shouldn't I? And perhaps, you know, as we get older, we get a little bit bolder, don't we? So we think, oh, I'm going to... I'm not going to carry on living like this anymore. So I think that's what some people do. And And is there relief when that happens? Oh, yes. Yeah. Joy. It is joy. Joy. Like the radio. It is absolute joy. You know, that... Because... And for most people, in, in my study, their coming out was pretty successful. They did plan it, by and large. So they thought about how they were going to communicate it, whether it was by writing emails or writing a letter, talking to people. And then, and I, I strongly advise people when they're doing that to have some kind of narrative mm-hmm. and go away, write your life story, because you've got to make it really personal when you yeah. come out to someone and have some kind of lead in. How are you going to start this conversation? Start with could, a joke? How do you start? Well, well or you could with go with, oh, so did you see Transparent last yeah, night? True. And they go, yeah, starters. actually. said, well, you know that character and you can start going... Yeah, the dude who won an Oscar that everybody <laughs> loves and watches and, you know, that lovable... Yeah, well, um, <laughs> I'm a bit like that. Wow, yeah. You know, and you've started... And you can't go back on that conversation yeah. then. But, you know, then you can actually start explaining, and they do, about their sort of life history and what, what's happened to them and what where they think they're going because then, then you get the barrage of questions of, like... Yeah. And, and, you know... Some may be quite misinformed questions about, you know, like what you're going to do, so you're going to have it cut off then, are you? Those sorts yeah. of comments, right, which are just... Is okay. that part of the preparation? So if you had a client come to see you, mm. and I can only imagine, I mean, if I, I know what it is like for me seeing a lesbian therapist. Mm. I don't have to explain That's so much thing, that I can just go, here's the problem in front of mm. me. I can imagine trans and gender diverse clients coming to you going... I don't have to explain it because you get it. That is, that is the principle, and that is the principle that you know. That's right. That we have like at Equinox and yeah. at Queer Space. That everyone who works there is queer. So when you come in, you know, they've got a fundamental understanding of what's. Yeah. So I can ask them some questions about what they want. Yep, you're quite right. They don't have to explain things from day one. But they can tell me a lot of, you know, things about their personal story and that's what I'm interested in is their individual story and then how we can help them further write that story into the future. So, Grace, when you first see a client, what is your expectation of how long that client will be with you? really depends what they're coming for. I mean, but yes, if they're for trans clients who are coming in um, basically to kind of figure out and understand what it is they can do. And I do get clients who come in and they, they're not so gender questioning. They've kind of figured it out. Mm. So we kind of, I can reassure them around that and I can help them then lead them into the medical pathways. Yeah. So for example, that they can start seeing the doctors and getting ready for hormones and um, how to work with their family, be it their parents or their, their partners and kids and so on. Um, we could do that in six sessions, you know, as a basic start. And some people, after six sessions, are fine. They're off. They're off and running <laughs> and they can do it themselves. Is it nice when you see that yeah, confidence? That. They're, they're ready. Yeah. They've, they've built that narrative. They know those kind of blockers for those silly questions because I assume yes. that's part of the prep. Yeah. Preparing yourself for the, those silly questions and how to answer yeah. them. 
and it's, and having yeah. someone I think for them who's listening to them and understands them and can just reassure them. Yeah, look, it's going to be fine, and it's it, it's it's it is beautiful. I yeah. mean, it's the butterfly coming out of the yeah. you know the, the pure chrysalis. It's like this, this new person. It's quite appears, a blessing to say, and they're happy, and you know, life is all in front of them now. It's Grace, great. does the butterfly ever want to go back to being a caterpillar? Very f- infrequently, I think, is I the answer. We don't that. have a lot of data because it doesn't happen very much. I mean, it's a tiny, tiny a fraction of a percent, I think, yeah, okay. in terms of people who do that. They do, pe- I do know people who have detransitioned, and they might do that for a whole range of reasons. So, you know, life in itself is complicated. So, But if you like, you know, in terms of... A failure rate or whatever. Mm. I think you know we, as you've seen with the work that's being done with kids, and mm. you t- spoke to Joe about. Mm. There are very good formal medical guidelines in this country, so nobody gets, you know, nobody gets surgery without being really pretty sure that that's what yeah. they want, and that we are sure that that's what they want. I'm mindful that. Well, oh my goodness, to see oh. how quickly time goes for us. I'm quite mindful of the public debate that's on at the moment. Mm. And, and self-care, but, but in this space, when we are talking about people coming out later in life, transitioning later in life, what are some of the things, if they're, if they're seeing this stuff now, what can they be doing to, to help themselves? Okay, well, I think, you know, it is really about looking after yourself yeah. and, we, and we are all impacted by some of the stuff that's in the media or in Facebook and, I mean, we're kind of inundated by yeah. a lot of social media and, and discussions. So I think, you know, it's about... Being careful, limiting your exposure, unfortunately. That's the way you've got to kind of filter it. Um, So even I, I mean, I I stopped reading a lot of newspaper articles at the moment. I used to devour. Yeah, Mm. don't. Yes, rule number one, do not read the comments. Rule number yes. two, do not read the comments, yeah. right? Um, but, you know, even on your Facebook feed, it's pretty unavoidable, but you can spot those items that are going to, if you click on it, you're going to see something even more unpleasant. So just don't do that. Yeah. Take a break from social media. And it's about kind of surrounding yourself with your friends and your family, the way you feel supported. Um, and importantly, doing things that also you just like doing, be it, you know, be it going for a run, walking the dog, cycling, swimming, doing something like that, some activity, get some sunshine. Do the healthy things yeah. in life. That um, release try the happy endorphins. Yeah, and it's a good time of year to be doing that at the moment because yeah, everything is just Take a hay fever you know, tablet. Yeah, beautiful doing. flowers, the gardens, the parks. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but also... Look, I mean, there are professionals who can yes. support you. If you've got a, you know, if you're, if you're getting more anxious or you're getting depressed, then it's a good idea to talk to somebody. And um, the state government here in Victoria has put in half a million dollars to help fund a lot of services that are, you know to bolster the services coming out of the AIDS Council, queer space at Drummond Street, Headspace, etc. You know, so can I ask a controversial question? We well, not too. Well, I don't think it's that. I'm pretty nice. Um, we're seeing a lot of support around young kids, and so we should. Mm. Is it, is there enough attention also being given to our older? trans community. Uh, older, older. Well, yes. And especially certainly. in aged care and those services. Especially in aged well. care and that, that's been a, a, a worry for a while and mm. I think still is to some extent. Um, but no, I mean there was a, there's an excellent program that had been run, had been funded by the Commonwealth Government for the last four years now which has provided to aged care facilities free um, training. 
okay. in terms of familiarisation with LGBTI clients. So, um, and uh, yes, look, Transgender Victoria are one of the leading sort of providers of that training. So they go into aged care facilities, work with the staff, teach them respectful behaviours, mm. teach them about, you know, what does, and not just trans, but, you know, what, what it means to be LGBT yeah, exactly. um, as well. We don't want so. people going back into the closet. No. And how, you know, how to look after those people, how to be respectful and how to meet their needs. So Especially when they lose that ability of, yeah, self-determination. And it's, yes. that's my biggest concern for the entire, yeah, you know, LGBT we know, spectrum. We know that what's happening at the moment is all about human rights. Yeah. And it's very, it can be quite easy, I think, to lose your rights yeah. as an elderly person perhaps who's starting, you know, if you've got anyway, Alzheimer's yeah. or something else and then you're in care and you may lose a lot of freedoms and rights there and we've got to make sure we protect those people. Absolutely. You're on Family Matters here on Joy 94.9. But Harry, you are listening to Joy 94.9 Family Matters and we're running out of time. Steph? We have been very privileged to have Grace Lee in the studio with us tonight, counsellor and psychotherapist. Uh, Grace, leave us with a positive message. Okay, there are lots of things that are happening that are really good for us. And as I was saying, so there's some great services available. If you are feeling in any way, you know, compromised, distressed, upset about things that are happening in life right now, Queer Space at Drummond Street Services, the the counselling service at Victorian AIDS Council, Headspace, and don't forget Q Life Switchboard, all right? Those are all services that are available to you. Um, there's a lot more counselling available, including groups, and a lot of that now over the next few months will be available free. So keep an eye on the Facebook pages, especially of Drummond Street and the AIDS Council, and watch your, you know, your social media streams because new initiatives will be coming out over the next week or so. And it's important that everybody knows that they are supported. Mm. The yep. state government has provided extra funding, which is great news. Absolutely. So make sure you look after yourself, everybody. And... Um, we're here at Joy too. You yeah. know, connect with us. 225 Burke Street in the city. Come and visit. Come say hi. Come say hi. You know, people do. If you, need a, if you need a hug. It's lovely. If you need I a dropped smile. in this evening and look yeah. what happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> First thing I did is come here and give us a hug. <laughs> That's how I do things here at Family Matters. Well, we are, that is another show done and dusted. I can't believe how quickly an hour can go. Thank you to Felicity um, who took a break from school holidays with the kids Joe Hurst as well to give us an update on that those new guidelines. Grace, thank you so much for coming in. Oh. It's a an hour's never. It was a gas. It was great. It was, it was so much fun. But that's why we just make people then come back again. Yeah. Felicity and Joe have become regulars, and we hope Grace will be a regular too. I'd love to. Oh, we'd love you too, Steph. It's school holidays. What's a tip you can tell a rainbow family to do in one minute? You're a parent. Okay, one minute. Here's one tip only. I think that every child during the school holidays needs a pyjama day. What's a pyjama day? Come on, you've got to know what A pyjama day is the day when you stay in your pyjamas all day and you stay at home and you watch telly and you eat popcorn and you just do whatever you want but you don't get out of your jammies. Grace, what do you reckon? Have you ever heard of this jammy day thing? I think it sounds great, actually. <laughs> I don't have any jammies. No, I don't have jammies. You can get yourself some <laughs> Honestly, school holidays are for catching up and relaxing and, you know, you've got to have a pyjama day. I haven't had school holidays since I was in school. I'm so tired. Oh, goodness. Well, look, we do. Look, if you are looking for things to do, there are actually, we spoke to some wonderful people last week um, who have got stuff on from Melbourne Fringe and one of my favourite, Simone French uh, has a free 
Anything Goes interactive performance party called Rainbow Paradiso, which is free. Check out our podcast from last week. Good night, everyone. You've been listening to Joy 94.9's Family Matters podcast, your light-hearted look at parenthood and rainbow families, sponsored by Berry Street. Did you know that Berry Street seeks members of our LGBTI communities to become foster carers? Not only do they have a proud tradition of training and embracing LGBTIQ carers, they officially support marriage equality. Learn more now at berrystreet.org.au. A proud Joy sponsor for over five years. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.